What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to a new episode of Self Helpless. This is Taylor Tomlinson. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we are doing an episode all about the impact of teachers, the good and Ooh. the bad. So we'll be uh, we'll be sharing <laughs> we'll be sharing some stats, and we'll be talking about our personal experiences. Uh, so should we get into we'll it? With- naming names, naming <laughs> names. <laughs> if you remember, <laughs> resurrecting childhood demons. <laughs> um, yes. We have a quotable. Delaney, you want to read the quote? Let's do it. Okay. This is from, uh, this was submitted by one of our helpsters, Taylor. And the quote is, knowledge is not fixed, but always mobile, fluid, created, and recreated through dialogue and in relation to others. Helen Nicholson. Love that. I'll read it one more time. Knowledge is not fixed, but always mobile, fluid, created and recreated through dialogue and in relation to others. Very nice. This sounds like a response to uh, someone saying, hey, why did you guys tell us not to wear masks? And now we have to wear masks and now they don't help, but they do help. And well, you yeah, know, just fluid. fluid. Um, <laughs> scientists working on COVID. It's just, it's mobile. It's really mobile. Knowledge. We don't know what we don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. All I know is that I know nothing. Kicking it back mm-hmm. to Socrates. <laughs> yeah, it's a good quote when you don't want to take responsibility for anything. You know? Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I love it really it. is. Why did you lie to me? Um, you know, knowledge is created and recreated through dialogue. <laughs> And in relation to others. So I'm just, I'm recreating knowledge in relation to that girl I cheated on you with. Yeah. (laughs) Just waiting to talk to you about it so I could recreate it again. (laughs) Exactly. That fits you. (laughs) This is a real fuck boy quote, Taylor. I like it. Thank you, Helpster Taylor, for this fuck boy quote. Yes, we should all keep it in our back pocket, baby. Good one. Absolutely. So uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about some stats and stuff like that with you guys, and then we'll get into personal experiences. So um, teachers obviously have a very significant impact on all their students, and not only is this impacted uh, through academics, but it also affects the students' self-esteem and so much more. That's why it's so important how a teacher approaches his or her students. Uh, so just a couple things. Like, do you guys feel that the way a teacher presented themselves impacted how you learned Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, Uh, I do too. And what was the best way that you learned? Are you guys more um, visual learners, hands-on? What what works best for you guys? Visual, hands-on, and humor for me. All of my funny teachers stuck out to me. And I learned, I felt I I learned the most in those classes. So if somebody could keep me engaged and entertained – I was listening and was breaking things down in, in, you know, creative ways. What about you guys? Mm. Absolutely. How about you, Tay? I think visual for me too. I mean, if, 
I, I needed to read something and take notes on it to learn it. Like I yeah. needed to like flashcards were a, a great way for me to learn, which I think is visual learning. Right. Yeah. You know what I yeah. really fucking hated was like pro- the projector screens, any sort uh. of like, as soon as the class goes dark like that, and then you've just got that one bright light. I mean, didn't you just, if it was like right after lunch, aren't you like, I am for sure going to go to sleep for the next 45 <laughs> minutes. Like there is no way you're going to turn all the lights off in here and I'm going to retain any information right now. It's not happening. No, yeah. it's not. Or if you got like a classroom that was really warm. Oh, you're like, what it. is this? The womb? I can't, <laughs> I can't do long division in the womb. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I can't remember um, what episode it was that we talked about this, but how um, the the development of a young adult's mind that we actually need to sleep in much later, that that's when we learn the best. And so our public school systems, the way that it's structured where it's like classes starting at 8 a.m. going to 3 p.m., that it's not very conducive for that age group to be learning in that way that... something about that there there are studies that have been done that students would retain much more information if they were starting the day like starting school from 11 going to six instead um so I just I felt and I I was a good student I all of that worked so hard but I remember really struggling to stay awake a lot of the time especially you guys remember like early morning classes I just like during winter where you're waking up and it's dark outside that was oh, very, very hard. That was so hard. I mean, but isn't it as an adult, who, I feel like Jenny Zagrino said this on her episode that like, and I've heard other people say it, that your brain is like the most creative or the sharpest at like 7 a.m. or something. Is it really? Said, oh, that's a bummer. That's what she had. I've heard it from multiple people. I don't want it to be true. So I haven't done any research. Um yeah. But I remember her saying (laughs) that she wakes up at 7 a.m. to write and then she'll nap later because it's not enough sleep. But that's like when she feels the most productive writing wise. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's how I would feel if I did that. I don't plan to. Um, (laughs) But I do wake up kind of late and I am sort of groggy. The difference is we work at night. So I don't know. But there are those times that you wake up at like 6 a.m. and you're like, "Ah." The morning is so fresh and beautiful, and mm-hmm. I have the whole day ahead of me to fill it with accomplishments. Right. Um, but I think that's probably just because we don't do that every morning. But the, I don't know. All the like hot, successful people I know are like, I wake up early. I know. <laughs> I know. So just find what works for you with that with whatever schedule you have. I, you know, personally and statistically, an eight-hour workday or school day for anybody is completely outdated. Um, yeah. and comes from what the industrial revolution where they were like, let's work all the time. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, let's break up work. And then you can go home for a little bit so you can buy shit to stimulate the economy. So if you are caught up in an eight hour work day or school day, you're not being super productive because really, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to deep work, we're talking like we got two, three hours max every day. So when are you feeling the most energized and maybe schedule doing your work? Mm-hmm around that that was like a little preview for efficionado i know (laughs) my god i love it i have a lot of opinions about the eight hour workday school day everything (laughs) i want it to blow the fuck up and i want people to work less i want kids to be in school less and have more creative freedom anyway efficionado every other tuesday thank you (laughs) (laughs) so good yeah I, you know, the flashcards thing, Taylor, like you were mentioning, like reading and writing was super helpful for you. I need a mm. lot of like pictures and demonstrations oh. and that kind of stuff. When there's too many words, my brain just kind of shuts down. Like I, it doesn't retain much. I can't really read books very well. I mean, I can read, but I can't. <laughs> Boy, that is a soundbite that you might not read. want on the internet, Delaney. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I did not learn how to read. uh, I skipped that part. Let me help you with your business. Um, But I find that I I don't retain the information very well if I'm just straight up reading a book and I will lose my my place. I'll have to reread over and over again. 
Um, I'm somebody who needs a lot of like sexy things to look at, whether that's visuals, pictures, demonstrations, somebody doing a bit in front of me. Like I really, I get bored very quickly. Yeah. It's just sexy things to look at. That's so funny because when Kelsey brought up the project, the projector screen, all I thought about was the day they did sex ed on that. Oh yes, <laughs> remember oh that? Oh my god, yes. Mm-hmm. About visual learning, I was like, oh, the balls are outside. Okay, all right, I'm with you now. I didn't. I wasn't aware, but you know, now I'm. I'm with. We're all on the same page. Oh yes, good yeah. stuff, dude. Um, so there are four influences that affect students and like one is home, right? Factors such as family, stress, structure, material, well-being and background experiences. School is another factor, you know, school, you know, such as the building, the schedule, the interruptions, the people, internal factors such as the student's mindset, background knowledge, skill sets and instructional factors such as the curriculum, the teaching practices, and the teacher-student relationship. The work of Bill Sanders, the the statistician and researcher who developed a controversial value-added system for evaluating teachers based on student growth, has been pivotal in reasserting the importance of the individual teacher on student learning. So the most important factor affecting student learning is the teacher. Oof, no pressure, teachers. No, a lot pressure. of pressure on teachers. <laughs> really wish you guys were paid accordingly, but yeah. too bad. Seriously, I know. they're impacting. It's a huge impact because don't you yeah. like? I feel so many people when they're going into um, parenthood put so much pressure on themselves. Like, how am I not going to fuck this kid up? Teachers mm-hmm. are getting herds of different kids through their oh. classroom every hour for 30 years it's like think about how much pressure is on them to not because what we're going to talk about you know later in the episode is our personal experience the way that teachers can affect you especially negatively can be just as detrimental as a parent I think like oh yeah oh yeah you know anyway just interesting to think about the pressure that's on teachers especially if they do it in front of people like oh, if you're, God, if you're like yeah. getting talked to in front of your whole class, that's humiliating and traumatizing. Oh my God. So many, so many things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a really good point. Cause in front of your siblings, you're kind of like, whatever, like I got <laughs> yelled at, but yeah, right. in front of like your friends and enemies, <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> I got yelled at by a teacher. <laughs> yeah. I got yelled at by a teacher in second grade that I don't even remember what I got yelled at for. I just must have done gone to the wrong place or not sat down where I was supposed to. And I still remember him yelling at me in front of the class and going, don't you roll your eyes at me, young lady. And I think about it a couple times a month and it yeah. fills me with shame and regret uh, every time. And I don't even remember what I did. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's just so like, funny. Mr. <laughs> Supnet, if you're anywhere, you <laughs> fucked with me. <laughs> it's so funny to picture a seven-year-old Taylor rolling her eyes at somebody because I can't <laughs> picture you even doing anything that would get you yelled at. You know? I can't. I can't imagine I rolled my eyes. It, I. It must have. I can't imagine that I actually did anything because I don't think right. I'd roll my right. like I fucked up before. I gave myself detention. You know what I mean? Like I'm that kid. So I think I right. think he was yelling at me for something I didn't do. I was trying to explain. He wouldn't let me explain. And then I was like, uh, this motherfucker. Right. And he was just like, don't. And I think about it all the time. Yeah. Oh, how crushing okay. is it when you really love the teacher and you get in trouble by them? <gasps> oh, oh, God. I, I remember loving my kindergarten teacher and like, I don't know, six months into the year probably – I had felt like, oh, I'm definitely her favorite student for sure. Got this in the fucking bag. And then she like yells at me for talking to my neighbor, you know, <laughs> talking to the person next to me. Crushed. Felt, oh. oh, so disappointed. Oh, she no longer loves me. This was like my second grandma. Now she just wants oh. me out of here. Oh, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> There's literally nothing worse. My creative writing teacher got mad at me once because I made a joke during class and I was like, oops <laughs> like I thought we were cool but I guess not like I just it's you know when you get too comfortable with the teacher mm-hmm. and then you like go a little too far you're like look I'm not a class clown but in here 
Yeah. I'll put on some big shoes every once in a while. And yeah. uh, there was one time I just went a little too far because she was looking for symbolism in uh, a book. And I raised my hand. She was like, well, this could represent his fear of death and all these things. And I was just like, or could it just be exactly what he maybe said? And she was like, <laughs> do you want to go outside? And I was like, I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah. or maybe he actually was just thirsty. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not every sentence is a fucking trick. Little comedian <laughs> popping through. Was- <laughs> Elementary school. No, that was my senior year of high school. Oh, that was, senior of high that school. was late. I was just like, yeah. come on, what are we doing? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. These are the findings about academic impact. According to Sanders studies, if students have a high performing teacher one year, they will enjoy the advantage of that good teaching in future years. If students have a low performing teacher, they simply will not outgrow the negative effects of lost learning opportunities for years to come. Again, no pressure teachers. The extended impacts that are non-academic, looking at data on over 570,000 students in North Carolina, teachers who improved their students' non-cognitive skills, which include motivation and the ability to adapt to new situations, as well as self-regulation, had important impacts on those students. I wish that that teachers focused more on like more practical skills, like stuff like motivation and being adaptable, like all of that stuff those are things that I need as an adult. I, there's so many things that I learned in school that I never think about anymore. And I like, I think people should be taking communication courses in high school. I think they should be teaching us how to fight with our boyfriends. Like they should be (laughs) going like, this is how I know you guys don't want to do your homework. This is how you motivate yourself to do your homework. Cause someday it's not going to be homework. It's going to be your job. And this, this is why you're, you know, like all of that would be so much more helpful and applicable than a lot of stuff that we just spend like doing like busy work. Right. Also how to like find your strengths and leverage your strengths with whatever you're doing too. And like work as a team in that way as well. Oh, so many things, or just like basic stuff, like how to open up a savings account, how to save money, how to invest or how to, you know, (laughs) if you ever want to own a home, here's some stuff, but life skills. Life skills. skills. Yeah. They don't really have any of that. Well, and this is coming from somebody who wanted to teach high school math, who I love math so much, but looking back on how far they make you take math, even in high school, like none of us are using any of that shit unless you're going into a line of work uh, that uses extensive math. And I just feel like, I know that's hard. We've talked before. You don't want to put pressure on kids to know exactly what they're going to be when they grow up in high school. But fuck, all of those hours of learning math that's beyond algebra, for mm-hmm. the percentage of people that actually have to use math beyond that level is really much smaller than what we end up teaching kids, I think. you know, mm-hmm. We could be using that time for so many other life things. Absolutely. I feel like for me, the teachers that made the biggest impact are the ones who saw me as an individual, not just like, good job on your homework, or you got 100% or whatever. But like, hey, you in particular, you might want to think about this going forward, because they maybe saw something in me or whatever. That's what makes an impact, in my opinion, or in my experience. Yeah, yeah. Like, they see you as an individual with individual skills and strengths and weaknesses and nurture that you know, right. not try to make you a number, you know, it, I don't know. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, teachers do have favorites, like they just do. Cause you can't do oh, that yeah. with every student you have. I mean, I think like in, I'm thinking more of like middle school and high school, I guess, cause elementary school, you have more time with the same 25 to 30 kids, but yeah. you know, middle school and high school, you didn't have a relationship with every single one of your teachers. You had like one teacher a year 
that you could go to and felt right. like you connected with maybe or or did a great job in their class or would occasionally eat lunch in their classroom when it was raining outside like you you don't have that with every teacher and i'm sure there are kids who go through all of high school and never connect with any of their teachers cuz you do kind of have to like go out of your way to want that unless you're like getting attention for the wrong reason unless they're like paying extra attention to you because you're struggling academically right yeah that's um it can be so good and so bad if in elementary school you get paired with a bad teacher because then you are spending every day with that person for a year um which I think can lead us into talking about our personal experiences would you guys like to start with um the bad teachers that made a negative impact or the positive teachers? Ooh. Let's go with know. the bad ones. Let's start with the bad, bad ones. We'll end on a light note. <laughs> okay. Let's start with bad. Who were some of your most hated teachers, the teachers who had the biggest negative impact on you? All of that. Um, Delaney, um, you start. Yeah, Delaney, would, go ahead. I would say I don't think I, de- I don't think I hated anybody a lot. Like no, no strong, no super strong opinions came to my mind. That could be because I did independent t- study in high school, so I literally had mm-hmm. one teacher for all of high school that I reached out to via email, and I don't think I ever met her in person. It was all me doing That's my own right. work. So I think I, I didn't see a lot of that. Just like it wasn't around me. Um, but I, there was some, there was an elementary school teacher that just was not fun. Nothing about the day was fun. There was no humor. There was no laughing. It was serious. It was just constantly telling people to, to be quiet. Like I could only remember one time in the whole year where she cracked a smile. And that was the memory that stood out. Like I can remember one time this lady laughed and wow. I think that stood out the most is like there was no horrific moment it was just an a daily kind of just dull like ugh, dread of being in that classroom and mm, so yeah. i think that was yeah that was early on in elementary school um that stood out for me <laughs> this was a little bit strange i wouldn't say it's horrific but it was definitely weird um i i had a I was part of like an after school daycare program in elementary school, you know, where they send you until your parents can pick you up from work and stuff. And there was a camp counselor there and, you know, knew me from, I was a kid. I was, I was, I went to the same school from like preschool to sixth grade. And um, I would say maybe 10, 10 years older, give or take. When I turned 18, he (gasps) he found me online and asked me on a date. What? <laughs> so literally like watched me grow up oh. and then when I was legally of age um found me on Facebook and asked if he could take me out to dinner and oh, I just fucking ew and I oh responded my god Mr. So-and-so thank you for ruining my childhood <laughs> that was it good for me <laughs> I didn't know what what do you say to that what do you say to that and that's uh, what you say god damn yeah um because here's the thing uh everybody had a crush on him like he was super cute he was super like he was like you know um like if you had crushes on teachers or counselors whatever like that fun like crush everybody had that crush on him but that was like as a kid and then as an adult being hit with that you're like oh god uh this would never I mean this would never this would never be okay in in my head because I would just imagine you looking at me as a kid thinking that you know what I mean so that was that I actually forgot about that until I kind of I can't top that one yeah no one's gonna be able to (laughs) wait up Sure. <laughs> I was 18 <laughs> and not like did some weird shit planting seeds before then uh but yeah, yeah but that, still uh, that's yeah. still no. like that was weird I don't like Very that predatory 
That was weird. Um, I don't like that he was like watching you like cook in the microwave those years, like getting yeah. ready, like just like yeah. don't like that. Uh, yeah, weird, right? I don't. How know. soon after you turned eighteen? Uh, very soon after, and I think, and I think I even remember sharing that information with another girl that was in my class, and because we had like connected and talked about, oh my god, you know elementary school crazy and I think yeah. I told her and she said oh my god he did that to me too <gasps> oh so I don't think, I don't think I was the only one I think maybe he just kept an eye on some people yeah it was weird you guys it was weird that that like stood out very strongly and that wasn't even a teacher that was like an after school camp counselor you play you play dodgeball with until you know your parents That's fucking you gross that right <laughs> I don't like that. I don't think that guy should be doing the job he's doing. That guy should be in fucking prison. I don't think he is anymore. Yeah. I don't like that. Weird. So that That man should be a comedian. No. Man should be a very popular comedian. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ew. That was pretty much it. Other than that, like, I didn't have a a shit ton of teachers because I really just had, like, elementary since the couple years of middle school and then I was I did four years on my own basically okay yeah what about you guys negative nothing like that (laughs) yeah go for it Tay I don't know I had a teacher that taught um I think pre-calc and which again why was I in there I might have I might have dropped it after one semester it was an AP something AP pre-calc I don't know what it was I shouldn't have been in there And the teacher was just so dry. When they talked about, when we talked about earlier, like school factors, such as the building, the schedule, you know, the, the interruption, like, I think even like the classroom you're in, like, didn't you have classrooms you went into that you were like, oh, this one's like set up cute. Like it's my creative writing teacher. There's art, like Mm -hmm. it feels warm. And then you go into like that guy's classroom was like, there was nothing in there. It ju- it felt like we were like renting an empty room mm. and he would just go through it. You would ask questions and he'd kind of make you feel stupid for asking a question uh, where you'd go like, I don't really get that. And he's like, well, I just did it. It's just this and that. Uh, all right. Yeah. And then you go, okay, I don't, I still don't really get it. But, and he's like, all right. Like, and he was this old guy. Oh, speaking of your story, this guy, this math teacher I'm talking about married one of his students and when he was my teacher, he was like in his sixties, probably, and she was like thirty, and they had a kid. But they got together after she graduated. So. Oh. There's been a few of those teachers at my my old high school uh, that my my siblings didn't have, but they had friends that had them who like hooked up with students and stuff. And you're just like, oh yeah, and like, like are still working school. there. Every like crazy. school has those stories for sure. Yikes. Mm-hmm. But to still be I, working there. I mean, goddamn. When wow. I was in college, I did make out with a really hot, like, grad student professor. But he was what? Okay. Like, I don't know. TA? Kind of? Five? He, he was a professor. Like, he had, yeah. he taught his own, like, class. He taught his own classes, but he was also a grad student. Oh, okay. He must have, he must have been, yeah, 20. Four, twenty-five, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It was like not a weird age gap at all. But I did remember yeah. feeling kind of like, ooh, like I'm thinking of one of the professors. <laughs> right, but you were like what, like nineteen, twenty? Of age. I was twenty-one at that point. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Tr- oh, yeah. yeah, you're fine. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. Fun. That was like, who hurt you? I'm gonna find no. all these people. It no, was that's cute. I was all about it. I was super excited. He was really fucking hot. <laughs> I mean, that's very fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's pretty amazing, Delaney, that you even because I think a lot of like eighteen year olds who had a crush on somebody their whole childhood, if they paid attention to them at eighteen, they might not have the emotional maturity yet to recognize that that's inappropriate. Like Mm. I had a crush on a coach of mine when I was in high school who was like 10 years older. And if he had like given me the time of day when I turned 18, I probably would have been like, oh my God, I did it. You know, like good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I had a big old crush on a couple of my high school teachers and same, like 
I mean, if they would have given me a fucking inch, like, you know, you give a moose a muffin, they want the whole bakery. If that, if, <laughs> if those, if they gave me a muffin, I would have been like, oh my God. But right. Yeah. Which is, you know, that power imbalance that's so unfair and why right. it's I think so I would have always wondered, you know what I mean? Like, oh, did he just happen to find me? And he's like, oh my gosh, I've, I'm attracted to this person. And it happens to be the kid that I used to babysit or did he seek me no. out? Very different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's why it was so, but I'll be honest, I was flattered and I did consider it. And I did look on <laughs> all of his shit. I looked at all of his pictures, looked at what he was doing. And then yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, this is fucking weird. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if someone <laughs> watched you grow up, someone knew you as a child and was like keeping an eye, that is so, so inappropriate on so many levels. And yeah, yeah that's so yeah. fucking gross. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I feel like as an adult now, I feel weird knowing that I had such an intense crush on someone older because I, I thought about this the other day where I was like, oh, I'm 27 now. I'm the age my mock trial coach was when I was obsessed with him in high school and mm. if a 15 year old had a huge crush on me, I'd be like, Ew. like, right. oh God, so, great. like so I just, ugh. I, I feel like retroactively weird about myself. <laughs> right. Like, you know, <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. So I, had that, I had that one guy who was boring and also, you know, married a student. So everybody was like, oh. and he was like so gross. So we were so confused. um but it's wrong no matter how attractive they are but it was he was pretty old um and then I had I had a teacher my freshman year of high school who used to just like shit on me for being religious and just wanted to like oh you know like spar with me and my friends yeah he was very like god isn't real like he was a biology teacher and he was like really like anti-religion and would just kind of be like, you're dumb, like all the time. And he's like, look, I've done this. Like I did all the, re- you know, you just like, you shouldn't be talking about religion in school. Like you, in any no, way, you so shouldn't weird. be like passing judgment on it. Right. Um, now, am I still religious? No, but I still recognize that that was not appropriate. And I think a yeah. lot of uh, right. our classmates were probably annoyed <laughs> that we yeah. were talking about photosynthesis or whatever the fuck we were learning. I don't remember. All I remember is God isn't real. Oh, um, so weird. I had a couple teachers do that. I had a teacher I really liked say that to me once where she was like, you're you're going to be an atheist. You're too smart to be religious. And I was like, oh, I don't wow. feel like you're supposed to be saying that to me. Um, right. But thank you for saying I'm smart. Like, yeah. that's how much power teachers have where if they say anything nice to you, I mean, it's like when you it's like when you date somebody who you think is like out of your league or something. And they give you like little breadcrumbs of approval. And you're like, mm-hmm. I mean, this feels bad, but also good, but also that little part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, oh man. So, so neither of you had a teacher that like straight up traumatized you. I don't think no. so. I had some trauma, wow. traumatic moments here and there, but all in all, like relatively. Okay. But I was okay. also very, like, I was a quiet student. I was quiet and just did my work, and that was it. Yes. I wasn't this person. Classic tips for meatball recipes. I didn't yeah. have any teachers who ever, like, screamed at us or anything like that. Wow. What was yeah. happening in the Spokane, Cheney area that we just got? Okay. Yeah, I want to oh, hear no. it. I've mentioned this teacher before when we've talked about the artist way in the whole monsters hall of fame that you're supposed to do for that book. Mm. So my third grade teacher, Ms. Benzo. Oh my God. Whatever happened in this woman's life that she felt like she needed to release that anger onto students was unreal to the point where you're I'm like, there has to be some sort of test that teachers have to pass in order to be in charge of molding small young minds because this woman was so she was like miss trunchbull from matilda oh my god she was so mean and the way that we're talking about like oh that we were these sweet like yeah sweet sweet quiet child that just wanted to do well in class i i followed all the rules 
Uh, and I, Hate, you remember that you um, were yelled at by your second grade teacher, and mm-hmm. you like you can remember that in your mind. I remember mm-hmm. I like put my piece of paper in the wrong bin, and this woman lost her <gasps> shit on me and was screaming at me. And it's like me. I wasn't a troublemaker. And I remember it's me. It's me. I was so nice. And like never ever did it like, you know, I wasn't the kid because sometimes she would scream at the kids who were more the troublemakers. And, and you were like, makes sense. Makes more sense, but still yeah. I remember I would feel nauseous sitting in that class. It gave me so much anxiety oh. being around her because she would just lose her shit all the time and scream at kids. It was, it was horrible. She was so mean. I will never, I I always trace a lot of my perfectionism back to Mm. that woman because everybody was so afraid to make a mistake in that class and feel her wrath. And I didn't, I didn't grow up in a house where my parents were ever yelling at me. My parents weren't, yellers and again I was I wasn't ever doing anything that my parents would be yelling at me about anyway so meeting Ms. Benzo in third grade was the first time that somebody had ever really screamed at me like that and it was over such a like such trivial things like putting your paper accidentally in the wrong bin that could be corrected with like oh Kelsey it's the next bin down not screaming at a child and that just whoo set my perfectionism over the fucking edge where I was like, well, I need to make sure I never make any mistakes because I don't ever want to feel this feeling again. Oh, oh God. That's cool. Sounds like Miss Benzo needed some Benzos. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And a psych eval, perhaps. We just she was, everybody gets a psych evaluation before being around children and a lot of training in other areas. Yeah, yeah. that is interesting. You, they should really have like, a psychiatrist sit down with you before you become a teacher is that not a thing that happens i have Probably no idea not. how to become Who knows? one I, Who knows? I don't know and then another i one mean was, it seems too easy to become a teacher right well i was that was my plan before comedy was to teach and um it was interesting to learn and i don't know if this is still the case but that if you want to go um through the the courses to become like a high school teacher, elementary, middle school, you have to take a lot of teaching courses. You have to learn Mm -hmm. how to teach in addition to knowing the actual curriculum. Whereas if you're trying to become a professor, you just get your master's in that particular field and Mm -hmm. then you can teach. But I had experiences with um, college professors who clearly were never taught how to teach and they were just brilliant people, but nobody in the class knew what the fuck was going on because they didn't know how to like, communicate it to you. So yeah, that's yeah. a whole interesting that's thing. That's how my but, math teacher was. Yeah. He was just like, yeah. I know it. I'm smart. I just told you. And we're like, but we're dumb. And he's like, well, that sucks. Dude, also, sucks for you. Yeah. Also, like people who want to be coaches and anything else like that who want to be around kids, there needs to be some kind of psych stuff, sensitivity training, literally something. And I'm like, you know, mentioning that it seems like too easy, to, too easy to do something like that in the sense that, you know, maybe the workload is challenging, but as far as like the mindset and mental training is like absent, you know, yes, the, yes. the making sure you are a, a good person to be around children is like, I don't, I don't know if that's even there, if that's, you know, yeah. cause I, I see, like, I think about, I, I have, I have way, I have, I have more stories probably about coaches than I do about teachers who were like mm. screaming at everybody really hard, like hard asses, that kind yeah. of stuff that sticks out to me big time where like the anxiety Same. on the field or on the court was like so intense because of that. And it's like, what? who said this guy, Dave can be around 12, you know, 15, 12 yes. year old girls. Like who's given this guy power? Like what did he yeah. have to do? Sign a piece of fucking paper to be here? Like what, what is right. what's going on? It's so unregulated. Who can be around, who can be around children? Yeah. It's pretty crazy looking back on that. Um, 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. But yeah, like, I, I really do think that when a teacher is not mentally well, or at least I don't want to go so far as to say not mentally well, but but really shouldn't be in charge of children where you're like, you hate children. Right. It's very easy to see that you should not be working, especially like elementary school kids. Why are yeah. you working with kids? You right. clearly hate them. That's crazy to me. Okay. Um, so do you guys want to get into now uh, teachers who made a positive impact on your life? Yes. Let's talk about the good ones. Let's do it. Let's yeah. Do it. Okay, Delaney, so who, who did you love? I would say, but like, really, I think I had so many more positive experiences and positive teachers than I did like total shit bag. So I, just, I love teachers. I think teachers just make an incredible impact on people, the ones who really care and, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, don't, they know, they, they know that young minds are impressionable and they don't take that lightly. So um, I also have a lot of teachers in my family who really care about, about their students. So um, I would say, gosh, there's been so many, I think, well, my first, my first um, kind of exciting experience in, in elementary school was seeing a female principal. Like we had a, we had a, a lady principal. And I thought that was cool. And I don't know if that was like the norm or if I just thought like, Ooh, like the most powerful position in this school is, you know, a woman holds that position. And I thought that was really neat. And she was telling everybody else what to do. And a lot of them were men. I thought that was interesting. (laughs) So that was, that was something. Um, I remember, um, I, I loved my kindergarten teacher and, uh, before the year was finished, she actually passed away. And I remember that really affecting me where it's like, oh, wow. I saw this person oh every single day, felt like a second, like a grandma or like a second mom in a way. And she didn't tell anybody that she had cancer. She didn't tell anybody that she was sick. So we just showed up to school one day and we're told that she's not coming back as a five-year-old hearing that information. That was a lot to process. And then I think we, we obviously got a, a, another teacher, but I remember being very, very, uh, just very sad, you know, trying to process that with my family, not really knowing what any of that meant. Um, that, that kind of made a big impact on me. And I think uh, I remember how much I loved her. So that was like a positive experience, somebody who impacted me. So I was obviously so sad when she wasn't there. Um, I also had a teacher in college um who I just thought was a badass um she was a religious studies professor I'm sure she's still there and she was also like um she would also like fly around the world and like dig up artifacts and stuff (laughs) and so I remember taking one of her classes and she's the reason I wanted to study religion because her her class about the historical deed, uh, the historical Jesus was so fascinating and so eye-opening, and I, it just felt really exciting. Um, this is Dr. Christine Thomas at UC Santa Barbara. Loved her, um, and I, I took one of her classes my freshman year, and then I actually asked her to help me write my thesis my senior year, so that was like me being infatuated by this teacher for like, you know, four years thinking she was just such a badass. And anytime, and I worked at Trader Joe's in my, in my area, um, near the school. And so I would like see her come into the store and just feel like it was a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Sighting. <laughs> I just thought she was so freaking cool. Um, that she, why can't I think, why can't I think of the name, like an archeologist and also a professor and just anything. She was, yeah. she was super cool. Um, so I remember that making an, an impact on me, like turning me onto a subject I would have never thought to study. Um, what else? There was another teacher. Um, I gave a presentation in the class. It was like a simple PowerPoint uh, about something. 
And he pulled me to the side after that class, I remember saying, you have a, you really have a knack for public speaking and presenting and putting fascinating things together. And I think you should kind of like look into that a little bit and like keep an open mind about what that might be for you. And I was like, what do you mean? It's just a freaking PowerPoint. I put some slides together and I, you know, <laughs> but I, I remember that kind of making an impact, like hmm, maybe public speaking is something that could be a career. I don't really know. I had done right. it before and I had, you know, had some feedback, but you know, I remember him specifically making an effort after a class to just keep me after class to tell me that when it was, yeah. you know, a room full of 30 ish students. So remember that kind of um, planting a seed. Um, I remember this wasn't about the teacher, but there's a ex an exercise I remember from elementary school. I don't know if you guys had something like this where um, they were trying to teach us about like basically prejudice and and discrimination and things being unfair. They basically had all the kids, um, I think it was like, I don't know, pull something out of a hat or something. And you either got like a blue card or a green card or something like that. And then you would take the card back to your desk and then they would tell you, okay, the blue cards get to color a picture right now. They get to have free time. And the green cards have to go pick up all the trash around the uh, around the class and do all this stuff. So they were showing us how unfair this was when Ooh. all we did was pull a color out of a hat. So I remember that mm. exercise being very impactful because I think that was in like second grade, and I still remember that. Um, That's really cool that they did that. That's yeah. yeah. And we had a, dis a class discussion after that, like, how did you feel about that? You know, and how did that make you feel to be the one picking up trash or the one that wasn't picking up trash? Like, did you want to help the other person? You know, all this stuff. So that was an impactful exercise. Um, yeah. But yeah, those, those are the ones that kind of stuck out, I think, for now. Again, I think I, I missed a lot of this because I was home. I did homeschooling for yeah. Yeah. school. So really, I'm going off of like elementary what I, from what I remember and a little middle school and some college. I do know that if it was uh, a male teacher or professor who was really funny and clever and smart and witty, I love those classes. That's the shit that yeah. I would really pay attention to and I would do well. And I think that's, you know, because I'm attracted to comedians basically, but you know, I'm, attracted to, I'm attracted to funny and humor. And so those were a lot of yeah. my my favorite teachers and, and stuff like that also philosophy in college so fucking cool love I love debates I love discussions I love questioning everything and that was like my love of questioning literally everything happened in um in my ethics class in college mm. I hated philosophy so much <laughs> I'm so math minded where I'm like, no, like I need this to for sure equal this and like no discussion about it. I don't like the well, but what if it's just like, mm, no, don't like that shit. Uh, how about you, Tay? How about you? Um, I mean, I feel like similar answers. I think I've talked about this on, on the podcast before. I mean, any teachers that told me that I was a good writer were probably the ones that were most impactful, which was... A lot of them. No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> I had a teacher my freshman year of high school. Uh, my English teacher had us all do like a creative writing assignment. And he wrote me like the nicest note and was like, you should write a book. And he's like, your writing reminds me of this book series. And it was like the book series my mom read me when I was like five. Oh, like, amazing. you know, so that was really cool. And then like, yeah, my creative writing teacher, who was also my English teacher throughout high school, um, was, you know, and is someone that I've kept up with after, after high school and just like exposed me to a lot of things that I, I wouldn't have been exposed to. I mean, that class was like where I think I did stand up the first time. Cause there, it was one of our assignments was to do like a, she called it like a rant assignment, but it was just, it was just stand up, and we spent the week like listening to like George Carlin. It was very, oh wow, 
Wow. It was very weird. But yeah, she was like very cool and had like had a lot of life experience and was just like this like tiny temperamental cool artistic lady uh who I like a lot and uh I think those are the two big ones from high school college I didn't go to for that long I had I had a couple you know English teachers I liked but other than that there weren't a ton that stand out to me as like, oh, this teacher changed my life. I think Delaney's right. Just teachers that encouraged you and, and took a specific interest in you and believed in you and were like, you know, you're very talented at this thing. We're, uh, we're, we're huge at that age. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so How awesome. about you, Kels? Um, so even though I shared that I had uh, a couple bad teachers, a couple negative experiences, I really feel like I got so lucky to have a ton of amazing teachers. So truly like the Cheney and Spokane school districts actually did have, I think overwhelmingly a ton of amazing people. Um, my, my, I got to have the same teacher for first and second grade, which was so cool. Um, shout out to Mrs. Iverson, still my favorite teacher of all time. She was so amazing. Um, she just like, she just got it. She understood that we were kids and she met us. It's like, she met us halfway where we were learning so much, but in such creative ways, as opposed to Ms. Benzo, where it felt so militant and it was like, she was expecting kids to be behaving like college students, like just very, mm -hmm. you know, have these long attention spans, didn't feel like there was a lot of creativity. Whereas Mrs. Iverson, she would read to us and let kids play with her hair. <laughs> what? Yep. She like, there would be scrunchies and there would just be like five kids around her head, like braiding her hair or like putting in it in little we could play with her hair while she read to us it was amazing. Oh my God. Do you think that would be allowed today <laughs> that is so magical it was so fun so and she would play music for us and we would have little dance parties and god she but was just the fucking best <laughs> i learned did so much learn i truly did she was a she was a really really fantastic teacher. I actually I got um, I got coffee with her in Spokane probably like five six years ago, and I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast when you turned eighteen. When I turned eighteen, <laughs> legally of age. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but you know I hadn't seen her since I was seven years old, and she came to one of my comedy shows in Spokane. So imagine like seeing a kid when they're seven, having no idea that they're going to become like a stand-up comedian or somebody performing or whatever. The last time she saw me was that age. And now I'm on stage telling dick jokes or whatever. And she came up to me after the show. I hadn't seen her in however many years, over 20 years. And the first thing she said to me, she like took my face in her hands and she was like, you are so fucking funny. And I was like, oh it's oh, so, so weird nice. to hear your first oh and second grade gosh. teacher even say the word fucking oh my god that's so crazy because <laughs> you only see that but you know you just remember them as this sort of parental figure right yeah. it's just funny to hear them swear and she's just such a magical woman I love her so much she told me that well she told my dad during a parent-teacher conference because I was very attached to my parents and became very attached to Mrs. Iverson that the first day of recess, I can't remember if I told you guys this, that like all the kids went out to play and I, I got that separation anxiety where I was like, oh, Aww. I don't like that I'm not about, because she was going to go do her own thing in like the teacher break room while we all went to recess. And apparently she felt this like small like tug at her dress. <laughs> oh. And she looked down and I'm just looking up at her and she's like, Oh, like, yes, Kelsey. And I was like, apparently, this is what she told my dad at a parent-teacher conference, that I said, I'm sorry, but exactly where are you going? <laughs> oh, my God, that's precious. That is so cute. Dude. I just didn't understand the concept that she would be leaving us for any length of time. And was I was like, bitch, I need to know 
where you're going to be at or else my anxiety is going to be through the roof. Like I'm not going to be able to enjoy the swing set if I don't know that you're not going to like come back and get us at the end. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway. so funny. That's so cute. She was amazing. And just if we have teachers listening, which I'm sure we do, it's just, I think sometimes a good reminder to hear that what you, your job is so impactful. I'm fucking 31 Mm -hmm. years old and I still cherish those years with my first and second grade teacher so much. And I really do think that it helped. I mean, she just was so encouraging of creativity and, and all of that. Um, and truly besides Ms. Benzo and all of my teachers have been awesome. Like there's, there's too many to name, but so many are the reason that I wanted to be a, a teacher myself. Um, mm-hmm. My math teachers were all so fantastic. And I do think some people just don't enjoy math, but I do think if you have great math teachers, they can make you like math maybe more than if it's just a boring asshole because mm-hmm. math can already be oh, hard yeah. to digest, but I love my math teachers so much. And um, I had great, a lot of great college professors too. So yeah. yeah. Yay teachers. Uh, yay. This is Iverson. That's yeah. precious. That is really yeah. sweet. And my mom was my high school French teacher. So shout out to my mom too. That's right. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think a good teacher can really like make you enjoy any subject just depending on how they're teaching it and what they're doing. Uh, I actually, I had the same teacher. I had the same first grade teacher as my mom. My mom and I both had the same first Yes. That's crazy. What sort of Dumbledore woman is this? Is she a thousand years old? Yeah, she she was she was older for sure. And then I so I went to the same elementary school as my mom. So um we had a lot of the same. So I had this one of the same teachers as my mom, and then one of my teachers was actually in school, like with my mom. So like she knew okay. And so that was like a very um interesting experience that people kind of knew my mom because she had gone to this school um yeah do you guys have do you guys remember any like assignments or demonstrations in class or anything that like stood out to you just that Um, stand-up one yeah yeah my um my public speaking class in college we had to give eulogies and I gave a eulogy of myself and went to class dressed up as a character. I think I've mentioned it before. And yeah. that was when my professor was like, you should do something with this. And so I remember those sort of assignments were like the kind of start of me wanting to do stand up in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Del? Um, I have, yeah, I, I honestly just for pure entertainment um, in my astronomy class in college that I actually failed that class because there's a lot of math involved which I did not realize and I'm not a person yeah it wasn't good I can't picture you failing a class failed as in probably got a d or like a no pass depending on Uh, what I I was like oh I'm not going to pass this class I'm going to change it to the pass no pass grade instead of like a a grade um was not not it was not clicking with me um but the day one the the professor like got into like a mini rocket and shot himself across the classroom. <laughs> he, like, got, he got into like some kind of contraption, put a helmet on and was trying to teach us something. Or maybe it was a physics class. I don't really remember because I was not retaining any information, <laughs> but he shot himself across the classroom. What the fuck? That's so that weird. Out because I'm like, that was funny and really entertaining. And I have a feeling that the rest of this semester is not going to be this entertaining and it was not but um that was was, uh, that was that was fun (laughs) love it love it yeah well this was so fun this was fun to talk about i love good teachers me too um let's do the review yeah tay do you want to read the itunes review the episode sure this is diana times eight or diana x eight i'm gonna guess it's times eight uh a podcast that'll make you laugh and change your life 
Ever since quarantine began, I've been lonely as someone who loves podcasts. The true crime ones I usually love were just upsetting me more. Oof, I felt that lately too. Mm -hmm. I found each day I was falling into a pattern of nothingness, but then I found self-helpless. I know this sounds dramatic, but when you are in a deep depression, the voices of these three women can not only cheer you up, but their insight, advice, and life stories have inspired me and taught me so much. From now freelancing and creating my own, I'm now freelancing and creating my own business thanks to Delaney, to going out of the house for the first time and facing my agoraphobia to see Taylor live. Aww. And Kelsey has taught me that being mean to yourself isn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy I can impart that wisdom. <laughs> Thank you so much to these ladies. I'm a Patreon member as well. And I recommend anyone who enjoys their podcast to head over there too. The community they've created on Facebook as well is amazing. I actually get up every day now and do things thanks to Self Helpless. Oh, that was a really oh, nice God. one. That was so, so nice. nice. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much. Damn for, it. Okay. Thank you. That was a, and that's like a long one too. That's really, really kind of you that you took the time to write that out. Oh, um, that was a really nice one. Thank Diana, you. Diana, X8? Diana times eight. Yeah. So I feel much. that way with podcasts this year too, where like when you find one that feels like a comfort blanket, just people's voices, it feels so nice to, to listen to. So absolutely I'm flattered that we can yeah. be that for you. Um, yeah. If you haven't yet, I just left a fi- um a five-star rating on a new podcast that I found and I forgot truly how easy it is. Just you guys, if you're listening to Self Helpless on an iPhone right now, just click on the Self Helpless title, scroll up and it's right there. It just just tap that fifth star. Like that's literally all you have to do if you have more time and want to leave us a review. We so appreciate it. Um but again, even if you just have the time to tap on that fifth star, that's all it takes. I forgot how truly easy it is and uh, helps us be on the charts. So tap that star. Tap. tap that star, baby. Tap it. Tap that. <laughs> yeah. And Patreon was mentioned. Uh, the You can also submit one of the quotes that we read on the show today was submitted by one of our patrons over at patreon.com slash self-helpless too. So if you want to influence um, the content of the show, you can also do that in our Patreon community as well. Yeah. Um, do we have some quick segments when we get out of here? Anything you want? I don't have any segments or plugs. I have a quick one I can share. So, um, my, uh, one of my best friends, Hannah got offered an amazing job. She's been working so hard in, um, in her grad program. I'm so proud of her. And I sent flowers to her place, but I did it over the phone. And I haven't ordered flowers over the phone, maybe ever. I've always just done it online. And I didn't think about that it gets to the point in the phone call where this stranger goes, okay, well, what would you like the card to say? Which is can be kind of an intimate moment, <laughs> right? And so I just like kind of uh, on the spot thought of something nice to say in the card. But I was thinking it would be so funny if I really had – the balls to do this I wish I would have to have said something like um yeah can you put um congratulations on shooting your first big scene can't imagine how hard a double penetration is (laughs) love mom (laughs) and I like thought of that afterward and was like fuck I don't know if somebody's ever has have you guys heard of anybody ever doing that as a prank Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure people have done that. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I'm but sure. You, but if you do it online, I mean, you mean on the phone or just yeah. prank their friend? On the phone is so much more. That sounds like, like such a Borat move. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Anyway, it just made me laugh. And uh, if, if anybody out there is bored the next time you order flowers for somebody, maybe be prepared spice to spice it up. Spice, spice it up. It be prepared up. to say something else. Yeah, to get their reaction. That's funny. That's so funny. But you didn't say that. You said congrats. No, of course not. I don't like a else. coward. I'm a fucking yeah. coward. You think I could do shit like that? No way. <laughs> oh god. That's oh, so funny. I don't know if I do I do I have anything? 
Um, okay, if you guys don't, this is a this yeah. Is a I don't have anything already... to plug. Everything's probably gonna get shut down anyway. So yeah, um, just a heads up. I'm sure I'll try to slide in a separate announcement for it for next week's episode. But um, my Philly shows have been canceled. Uh, so those ones, December third through fifth, I will be updating my website kelseycook.com with the rescheduled dates. But no, uh, that's not happening anymore. So so sorry for our Philly helpsters. Hopefully, be there soon though. Yeah. yeah, and I am not coming to Arizona probably, so I have to go take care of that right now. Mm. Um, I just keep—I would just say keep an eye on our Instagrams because uh, things are constantly changing, and I'm sure the clubs will let people know. But we'll reschedule dates, obviously, and tickets will be honored or refunded and all that good stuff. So, yeah, you know, we're all just doing what we can, <sighs> trying yeah. to stay safe, trying to keep you guys safe, and all that absolutely yeah. actually i do want to plug something i have i believe one maybe two more spots left in my coaching program um till the end of the year so if you want to interview for those we are interviewing people right now most of the spots have been taken but we do have a couple of spots i believe one or two my operations manager is the keeper of my schedule so shouldn't <laughs> give you the details but then we will have some more openings in the new year too so if you are interested if you are an entrepreneur who is really looking to you know increase your revenue but also increase your free time and you prioritize um yeah you prioritize the work-life balance and you're looking for simplicity uh head over to delaneyfisher.com and all the information is on there and i would love to have a chat with you to see if you're if it'd be a good fit nice awesome all right guys guys. have a great have a great rest of your week Yes. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We really appreciate it and would love anything you can do to help the show grow and get the word out. So if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that helps us move up the iTunes charts. If you can tell a friend, a coworker, a family member, anybody that you think would love the podcast, you can also screenshot an episode and share it in your Instagram, in your Instagram stories, anything helps. Also, if you want more of the show, if you want bonus episodes, if you want to be able to be more interactive and help choose podcast topics, you can go to patreon.com slash self-helpless and join there. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Kelsey Cook Comedy, on Twitter at Kelsey Cook. You can go to my website, KelseyCook.com, which has links to my online makeup course. You can listen to my album, Savor It, on Spotify and iTunes, and you can watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrists of Fury. How about you guys? Where can people find you? You can follow me at Taylor Tomlinson on Instagram and Twitter. My website is ttomcomedy.com. And you can watch my one-hour special streaming on Netflix right now called Quarter Life Crisis. Awesome. And you can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. That's where you'll find information about my one-to-one consulting and my online courses. So basically, if you're a business owner, podcaster, or comedian, uh, and you're looking to either start those things or grow those things, you can reach out to me for more information. I also have an email list at DelaneyFisher.com where I share my favorite tools, tips, treats, and free shit. And then we just want to say a big special thank you to our wonderful editor, Emma Erdbrink, and our fantastic associate producer, Humaira Nawaz. And you can find everything that we all just mentioned at selfhelplesspodcast.com. 